welcome to The Perfect Blend, the podcast where we pair the books we read with a delicious cup of tea. I'm Shelley Haskell. And I'm Candy Beaker. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Perfect Blend. My name is Candy. And I'm Shelly, and we are so glad to spread some holiday cheer with you today. (laughs) We're getting nostalgic, I guess, in this particular realm of stories. Yes, we are. I made you read this one. (laughs) Girly. (laughs) It's in God We Trust, All Others Must Pay Cash, and it's by Jean Shepard, who is also, well, this book is the reason why we have the movie Christmas story. That is very true. Okay, I'm going to spill just one little bit. It has nothing to do with the story. It has to do with my experience. I had the hardest time getting an actual version of this book. I have an audio version that says it's the book, and that's what I listen to. I listen to a radio version of some of the stories, and that's fine. All of those were great, but the actual book that I ordered, they sent me the wrong book. So I won't disparage my favorite online book company because they have sent me another one but I haven't got it yet and in trying to prepare for today's story I realized that every one of these versions has completely different pieces of his short story vignettes that are in the story so I don't know what our discussion is going to be like I don't know if we're going to even say that we read the same thing at all we shall see. Yes. We be shall see. So Gene Shepard was very interesting. He wrote about growing up during the Depression in the 1930s mm-hmm. in Indiana. He used a fictional town. And he wrote all these little short stories. But I thought it was really interesting about who actually convinced him to write down his radio stories. I guess we'll talk about that in a little bit. So strange. I know. Before we get into it, though, what tea did you pick to go along with our book you know i'm doing my christmas teas but i'm still doing a dodgio but i got this one it's nine ladies dancing because <laughs> of the dancing leg <laughs> a major award and this tea is a very calming tea <laughs> funny enough when yes, you're fragile it's, it's, it's fragile so it's just chamomile and lemongrass and mint mm. and after my crazy day today this is actually what i need i loved it because it was the ladies dancing and i'm gonna take a picture of it with my little leg lamp ornament i love it I am drinking your mother's Russian tea mix that your mother made me. You'll be so happy. I love it. I thought since we're going back and this is a book about nostalgia, that this is also nostalgia for me. Mm -hmm. And it is very comforting to drink. So thank you to your mom once again. I will let her know that. She'll be glad to hear it. We both want to thank you for giving us a listen. We would love it if you would leave comments or book suggestions and leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify if you enjoy your time with us. Yes, that would be wonderful because we would like to hear what books you want to hear about and what teas we pair them with. I will start off a little bit about Gene Shepard and he was a humorist. Mm -hmm. Um, He was a short story or columnist type writer for magazines. A lot of it was (laughs) Playboy magazines. He was a radio talk show host and he was one of the first talk radio sensationalist kind of personalities to really hit the airwaves. Mm -hmm. So that was all very interesting about him. I think his humor from the stories it kept me laughing i can connect to it even though it's not my time frame you know Mm -hmm. oh yeah so so i like all that (laughs) 
I found an article by Don Fagan, one of the mm-hmm. co-founders of Steely Dan. Yes. Did you read that one? No. About Gene Shepard? I know he is. He no, loved, loved Gene Shepard. His uncle turned him on to his late night radio show, and he really connected with him. He was rabid fan, loved him to pieces. And he happened to be at a college, or he was somewhere doing a, a live show or a talk. Mm-hmm. So he drove to see him and he said it was such a big letdown <laughs> that he was not good in person. Mm-hmm. And he, what was it? He said that it just kind of burst the bubble for him. Oh, because sometimes he, you shouldn't meet your heroes. Exactly. Uh, that was what he, he talked about. He was so spot on with his humor and things. And he really kind of saw things as they were and found the irony in it and the humor in it. Mm-hmm. But then as he got further further along, he never got past that personality. He saw himself as a lot bigger and more popular than he was. And there was that rift between what he thought people should think of him and where he actually was. So he kind of got sour. And I can kind of see that because in the story, when he's talking, coming back, because he comes back, he's in New York, he's coming back to write a piece and he's reminiscing about things, but he's also putting them down. It's like, I'm better than this now. That's the kind of feeling I got from it and throughout the story in some Uh little places that it was great, the reminiscing and stuff, but sometimes he would insert something in there about how common everybody was and he's above that now with his new york lifestyle and how they do things Uh did you get that well like i said we probably read two different things all of these little short stories that are in there that become christmas story i read them as individual pieces Mm -hmm. So the dialogue that you probably got in the story between him and Flick, right? Right. And his recollections of it, I did not get any of that in in the pieces that I read. They were all just about the Christmas story stories. Really? Yes. So he didn't go back to Hammond or Homan. Oh. That's why when I started doing some research about Well, I had done some before, but I kept trying to get the book. I tried to get it online. I tried to order it and I thought, well, I did order it, but they sent a different book. So I had to make up for lost time. The stories that I had were The Duel in the Snow about the Red Rider and the Cleveland Street Kid. The story about my old man and the Lascivious Special Award that herald the birth of pop art. Grover Dill and the Tasmanian Devil. Yep. And the one about the bupkis. The the bupkis dog. Yeah. 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 And see that, I don't even know that that was in your book because I've been reading along and I think that was in a different book called Wanda Hickney's Night of Golden Memories. <laughs> right. And somewhere else it's referenced that the some of the Christmas story stories came from that book. Yes. And there were a few. So I have in my version, this is really interesting that I'm glad you said this and we haven't talked about this at all. So this Uh -uh. is new to both of us. In mine, he is being paid to go back home and write a story about the town, Uh his life there. And he immediately goes straight to Flick's bar. Okay. And he's sitting there drinking. He's talking to Flick and they mention something. And then they kind of, do you remember this or how, you know, do you remember this? 
this. And then his, the next chapter will be him reminiscing and telling the story about that. And it's just a lot of stories about growing up there. Uh -huh. And some of the stories from A Christmas Story are in it. The Red Rider, The Duel in the Snow, Red Rider BB Gun, the Annie, the decoder thing. Yeah, yeah. That's in it. The ass strikes again. That's what that was called. Yeah. And I love it. I introduced Flick to the art world. So he's talking about pop art and, and his dad's lamp. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> what else? That's a few of them. It doesn't have all of them. It has a few of them. But it's really interesting that we both have different stories with the same title. He had a lot of short stories. And he just wrote these really interesting pieces about life in his town. Yes. I think his stories were so interesting on the radio in their own little bubble. And we know for, for a fact that people loved them and thought they were hilarious. We see Donald Fagan's film the same way as right. the one person you alluded to also was Shel Silverstein. And Shel Silverstein loved his stories so much and kept saying he should put them in a book. And so he tells these stories off the cuff. Mm -hmm. uh, on the story, he may have written them. I'm not saying that he didn't write them as a book, but he didn't write them as a book. He wrote them right. in, for his radio show, or he told them off the cuff on his radio show. And then Shel Silverstein recorded his radio show and transcribed them, not letting him know that that's what he was going to do. And then he gave them to him and said, here, now go make a book. <laughs> right. And he helped him edit it and get it straight because he didn't think he was a writer. Right. So he didn't want to do it. And thank goodness for Shel Silverstein, which uh -huh. who would have thought who would have ever put those two together it's just yeah. the craziest thing crazy mm -hmm. crazy i love how all these cosmetic things happen right kismet. the stories reflect that time a time that was more like our parents or maybe our grandparents time or somewhere in between the 1930s 40s that was or right around the depression i guess it was depression time yeah depression era but they still reflect that materialistic side of christmas i think he totally wants you to think about that as well it is a Christmas story about family, but it isn't like that feel good. We're all wonderful now. It's sort of everyday life. And this yes. is what it's like. Yes. And you get a glimpse into that time period, how families were, what it was like growing up. You know what I loved about that? It kind of reminded me of Homer Price because they didn't have TV. They didn't mm -hmm. have they learned how to do things from magazines, boys' magazines, mm -hmm. and books. And they would build things and make things. And technology's great. I'm not going to say it's not. But there's just, there's so much that I think kids miss out on because they don't have, oh, they have too much. <laughs> they do have too much. I mean, I think we all think that about the children in the world, no matter what generation you're in. Mm -hmm. That's one of those uh, classic parent and things where we just all think that our children children have so much. And it's true. They always generally have more access to some things than the generation before, right? Mm -hmm. So that part is pretty cool. I think too, that they were much more social because they had to play with each other or do things together that, you know, I know kids don't get that kind of that freedom to be social. They get a lot of social time, but it's usually structured, right? Yeah. And just to roam, yeah, to, to roam. be, to figure it out, to mm -hmm. do things and to, you know, they didn't come home. They had to be home for dinner at 530, mm -hmm. but they did their thing. They walked to school and back. They went to school in snowstorm. <laughs> and they live to tell the tale. <laughs> it's amazing that part. It, it reminds me, we had structure, we had some technology, but we had that freedom as well, where we could go roam. We had to be home by the time the light was on. 
but you had yeah. your group of friends and you could roam and you could do things. That's the, it's missing now. I think, like you said, everything's structured. It has mm -hmm. to take place somewhere. It has mm -hmm. to be designed for them. They have right. to go there. It's not something where they can just slam the door and they're gone and they're doing their thing. Right. So it is a different time as, as that. I don't know. The stories that I read that are from the Christmas story were almost spot on verbatim as the movie. You so, know he narrates the movie. Yes. I did not realize that until I, I did not realize that. Haven't watched the movie a thousand times in my life easily more than that. I can quote so many things from this book. Yes. I mean, from this story. And that's what I was saying last week. It's like, I know we're all going to know what Red Rider BB gun is. <laughs> or you'll shoot your eye out, kid. Uh-huh. Now, fragile is something that we always love to say and laugh about. And that is not actually in the story. The old man does not talk about it like that. No. <laughs> but no, I, he does talk it. about it as a major award. It's a major award. Hot so, damn, it's coming tonight. Yep. <laughs> it was so funny. And the actors in that, there's no way for me to read these stories and not think of those people. Doing I was it. just going <laughs> to ask you, did you read it with Darren McGavin's voice? And Absolutely. Melinda Dillon's voice. Yes, yes. I did too. He is. He is yes. the old man. And I got thinking, did you watch Christmas Story Story? The one where he goes back in the 70s and goes I home? Have, mm -mm, no. Mm -mm. So I think it's Flick that has a bar. Mm -hmm. it, there is that in there. And I would have to, why I've only watched it once. I would have to watch it again to see if any more of these stories were pulled. I don't think many of them are because it took place, never mind, it took place in the 70s. I'm getting my times all messed up, but Flick does have a bar mm -hmm. in the second one. Mm -hmm. So I had to go watch the movie but... after we read this and I was noticing things. I noticed like the Frankenstein mask and the Simon eyes and some mm -hmm. of the things from the stories yes the frankenstein mask <laughs> this old plastic mask uh -huh. for halloween i know what i really like about the stories and the way they're told is there's this fast-paced almost like an announcer sports announcer telling you play by play what's happening next and i don't know if i hadn't watched the movies before if i didn't have that so ingrained in my head if i wouldn't hear that pacing when i was reading the stories i'm pacing it this way because I feel like that's the way his sentences make me go. But I feel like a commentator on life. But it also feels like a sports announcer. That's funny. See, I heard his voice too mm -hmm. when I was reading it because we have that in there. Do you know he's in the movie too? No, I did not. When they go to see Santa and they go to the bottom of the stairs and the guy mm -hmm. says, hey kid, mm -hmm. this is where the line ends. It starts yeah. back there. That's him. Okay. That's him. I kind of thought that was fitting. Now that I've read this and watch it, the way he was dressed, kind of, it, it made me think of New York Gene Shepard going back to Hammond or Holman to go do the story. I think that when you come up a certain way, especially if you come up without a lot and you become famous or you become well off, it's very easy to look back at your upbringing, a little jaded. You feel like you've made it. And so, yeah, I don't know that he wouldn't feel better than he, than those people in a way, or if he just felt better than himself, better than who he was. I think that a lot of people would well, yeah. have that I mean, kind of experience. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that people are going to come back and look down on everybody that they grew up with because they made a millionaire out of themselves. But... Well, just because of culture. He's moved to where there was culture and it's all art and there's no cash. People 
people don't pay cash for anything that's gauche and you don't talk about those kind of things and then mm-hmm. he's here at Flicks Bar and cash is it's more this is life this is real life the ugly nitty gritty scraping by doing the best that you can and Flick says something about he doesn't have any debt and it's a totally different lifestyle and he says in there somewhere that thank God he's not one of those mill workers that he got out because he knew if he stayed he would have been one of those workers and not gone anywhere or done anything it's all tied into that you just get exposed to culture and things and you go back and you think uh I'm not like that anymore and that's kind of it would come across sometimes you knew he appreciated where he came from and the stories and things mm-hmm. I think he appreciated his childhood but he did not want that to be his life to live there for the rest of his life he didn't want to be like his old man yeah I guess that's true in the movie you don't get that in the movie it's more it's nostalgia Mm -hmm. for the old man for mom and just the things well the movie is definitely cleaned up a bit from my experience of the stories and from Shepard's own storytelling style I think it's a little more late night storytelling than mm-hmm. family style storytelling and so the movie has taken those that, and definitely smoothed out the edges i'm not saying that the rough stuff isn't there because he's still straight up talking about some of the funny pieces in his life the story in the movie was about the soap <laughs> i didn't see that life in any boy. of the story. life boy soap <laughs> that is so funny but it, a part of that is in another one of the stories i think mm-hmm. so it's really it's really all mixed up for me but there's so many great titles of stories in there and the book that I think you read because I found the contents of it. I don't know. Did you read The Perfect Crime? And do you remember that story? Or I think so. Or Uncle Ben and the Side Splitting Me yeah. Slapper? Yes. Okay. That's I didn't in read mine. that. I did not read that. I did not know that story. Did you read the one about his book report? Yes. I think that was in The Duel in the Snow. This Bryfogle and the Frightening Case of the Speckle-Throated Cuckold. <laughs> Oh, the stories. I've got to get this whole book. I'm so annoyed. We'll, we'll have, have to, to trade so that we can read the different ones because I want to read the stories I missed that are in yours and not mine. The most famous story I think we all think of when we think about a Christmas story to me is the old man and the lascivious special award that herald the birth of pop art, which is the one for the leg lamp. Yeah. And in reading that, I realized one thing that he was winning the award. It was sponsored by the knee-high company knee-high soda and, and that was their logo or that their, was their, their logo was that crazy leg and then there was also the serial killer and <laughs> in the news at the time it was a woman and she had chopped up her husband oh my god it was so crazy and he was like i thought i cannot remember her name I, that's what i kept trying to look for i thought it was from you know the serial killer had sent us one of the body parts and then you realize oh it's just it's just a, a knee-high soda leg and you know it's just the thing of the times that it was absolutely misogynistic it's perfectly fine to show this woman's leg and behind as a major award for your crossword puzzle supported by knee-high soda company it's just hilarious to me oh it was my so gosh funny. All of it. He's very humorous. What wasn't a humorous time because they were going through some dire straits, but he finds the humor in the everyday existence. Mm -hmm. And we get a glimpse 
of that life. And you understand that it was hard. I really enjoyed it. I want to read the one you got and the other one that you mentioned. They have one of the radio versions on, might have been Hoopla or it might have just LibriVox or something. Now, one of the free sites. Mm -hmm. And if you start digging around, you'll get versions of the radio show. And so that's where I started listening to it. And that's where they had the little Orphan Annie version. <laughs> I had to look up the little Orphan Annie creamer and sugar dish uh -huh. to see them. And then I saw the decoder ring and I just kept looking up all these things that he was talking about is to see these little glimpses of the past. Because, you know, so, I love that kind of stuff. One of the funniest stories that isn't in the book that you read, that's in the selections that I read, was about the Bupkis family. And they were this really crazy hillbilly family that played Gene Autry all hours of the night, spit tobacco everywhere, wads of it, had moonshine brought in from wherever and stayed up all night partying. And his dad would play Perry Como at 11 or something like that. <laughs> And to kind of get back. But then that story, the Bupkis' dogs, one was like this wild, they were called a bear dog from the mountains or something. And that's what got the meal. But it was an Easter meal and it was his ham. And the whole thing is about how they went out before to get the perfect ham and how the ham was two weeks wages to have this ham and it probably was, and it's probably not a joke. But then the dog comes and gets it because mom cooked it this special way and it stayed overnight. And from then on, the dad really has it out for the, the bupkises. I mean, he puts tacks in their driveway. <laughs> to try to, to flatten their tires it ends up getting spun out and they end up in his driveway and he gets <laughs> the tax and then he decides to start taking up chewing tobacco so he can see how far he could spit into their yard but their porch and everything is all covered with tobacco they wouldn't it would be like one drop of water in the ocean of tobacco juice i mean it was just crazy and then oh my gosh then basically however long that lasted that they were next door they talked about them eating possum it was insane that story just i just laughed and laughed and laughed it was just crazy so that i want to say that there is another movie based on one of his parker, books parker the parker something oh gosh there was oh. one where charles groden mm -hmm. was the old man and i think mary steenbergen was the mom you're right because i started watching it a long time ago i was watching it and i was like gosh this kind of runs like a christmas story that family that time frame and so i found out that it was one of his stories the parker family saga that's what it's called okay and that yeah i think it would feel really a lot like the christmas story because i think it comes out of the same stories that we're talking about yes. i haven't watched it so well I, it was on you know how you flip channels and something comes on you're like oh okay i'll watch this one time i think it was probably on the air one time and that was the time i caught it well, years, I'm going to dig it up. Years ago. I would dare say that many things that are in here are just a sign of the times. And it might be grating to some people or it might be hilarious to some people. And it's certainly not worried about anybody else's feelings about what his experiences were. He did tell the stories mm -hmm. as he saw humorously fit to tell the tales of his upbringing. And I can appreciate that. <laughs> 
Yes, I do too. I enjoyed it. It's just that snapshot back at a time. And then you've also got the tie-in to A Christmas Story. If you watch that, I think I have one family member who hates that movie, which how he's my child, I don't understand that, but he doesn't like it. I don't understand. He, he can be goofy like that. That was a tradition, you know, the, as saying up wrapping I, presents Christmas Eve night, yeah. getting ready before Santa <laughs> came. That's what we watched. That is what, and, my, that's what we've done here every year. Oh, I love it. So I do appreciate TBS playing at 24 hours. I almost feel like it would be sad not to watch it. We recommend it. It's not really a Christmas story, but the origins of the movie A Christmas Story are in it. And it's a great little touch of sarcasm, humor, and history and small town during the Great Depression. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and bring it back. Definitely get a copy, any copy. And any copy, you're going to get some great short stories. You are. We can guarantee it. All right, we will be back next week, same tea time, same tea channel. We have an interesting book. I'm excited to to read it. Uh, I've got it sitting here waiting with my tea. Okay. I'm excited, new, new tea I'm excited to try. So I guess we will be back. And until then, you can find us in the usual channels mm-hmm. where you listen to your podcast or Instagram at the perfect blend underscore SC or at our webpage at the hyphen perfect hyphen blend.com or the perfect blend on Facebook. Go like our page. Yes, please. Maybe we'll start putting some more stuff on there. <laughs> we need to. We do. I have been a bad little elf. Let me tell yeah. you, Santa, don't look at the perfect blend, please. We're going to get better. We'll get better. We have have a new year. We can start fresh. We got to right. start up. We got to write plans. Well, until next time. Yep. Read. Read. And. And. Sip, sip on. on.